Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and usually I am joined here every Wednesday night by the Fantasy Fro, but Fro is not with us today. So today we have my main man, Will, with We Know Fantasy. Will, how are you today, man? Good. What's going on? See if I can uh, fill in the big hat that the Fro would normally wear. Uh, Big hat it is, you know, especially when it comes to Eagles knowledge. Uh, of course, a diehard Eagles fan there. I'm sure he uh, maybe take the week off because the 0-2-1 Eagles are about to go 0-3-1 against the 49ers this week on primetime Sunday night football. As you guys know, I'm a big 49ers fan. But anyhow, uh, like I said today, I'm joined by Will. And Will, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, it's real simple. Just at William Uriah on Twitter. All right. Easy enough. And as I said, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At We Know Fantasy. Uh, moving forward, we have uh, a daily podcast uh, hitting the We Know Fantasy podcast network found where you find these on all of the major podcast uh, outlets. Monday nights, we have the We Know Fantasy waiver wire wishlist with myself and Zach. Tuesday nights, we have uh, Samuel versus Slinger with Lighten. Wednesday nights, of course, you have the show you're listening to now, usually with the front, but today, like I said, it's Will. Thursday nights, you have you have the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast, where a group of contributors come on and offer a different, uh, you know, different topics and different, uh, you know, personalities that we have across our fantastic group of uh, contributors. Friday, the second weekly episode of Sl- oh, Samuel versus Slinger, and then Saturday nights is our DFS special, hosted by Nick, aka the Fantasy Mechanic. And as always, every Sunday morning, Brian Wentworth goes live on Twitch on the We Know Fantasy Twitch channel to uh, take live starter sits. And, uh, you know, once in a while, you'll see our man Justin hop on there to talk bets, uh, prop bets, and uh, everything you know about winning some football on – or winning some money, I uh, apologize there, on Sunday football. But uh, we have a jam-packed show with you guys here, a lot of things happening uh, across the league. Um, and as always, you, you can keep up to date with everything at WeKnowFantasy.com where we uh, – you know, where these breaking news, you know, articles come out and, and things like that. So check there for, uh, you know, daily articles as well. But uh, moving forward, news broke. The Tennessee Titans, you know, had uh, two or three positive COVID cases, which then and and uh, shut them down and shut the Vikings down as well because they played them last week. The Vikings are, are going to return two facilities. I think it was today or tomorrow after all tests came back negative. And then the Titans-Steelers game is uh, postponed to either be Monday or Tuesday night. We are, we're not sure at this point. So that leaves the question, what do we do here not only as fantasy football players, but as fantasy football commissioners. So I guess, uh, well, let's kick it off here. You brought up a good point when we were talking uh, pre uh, prior to the show, what you plan to do in your league. So uh, what is what do you think is going to happen or not? What do you think? What are you going to implement in your league to uh, really help, uh, you know, this odd situation, this this first time you've ever seen anything like this in fantasy football? Yeah, it's uh... – Definitely unexpected. I, I think uh, we knew something like this could happen with COVID, but obviously we were hoping it didn't. Um, like you said, it sounds like the Vikings are good to go. The Titans, though, uh, I think I saw they had another positive test earlier today, so um, they're going to continue monitoring that. I think what I am doing in the leagues that I am commissioning is giving the option for anyone with a Pitt or Tennessee player to send me a message prior to kickoff of other games with a backup player so that if for some reason they decide after the fact all these other games have been played on Sunday, 
if the Pitt and Tennessee game does not actually get played this week uh, and it turns into a bye, I will go ahead and use Commissioner Powers to sub in that backup player uh, because this is more of an administrative issue with the NFL than, you know, someone not playing due to injury. So I want to give players the chance to play the players that they drafted in Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Obviously, if that doesn't happen in week four, then you kind of get stuck there. So I'm giving them the option to name a backup player in advance and get the points for that player instead. You know, I saw that on Twitter earlier, and i that's what I'm going to implement as well. Uh, it's the fairest way I can think of possibly doing that. And again, you really have to do this before, you know, Thursday night game tomorrow. So if you're listening to this and you're a commissioner trying to figure out what to do, uh, make sure you, uh, you know, put that into action before Thursday night game and not post Thursday night game to get all your league mates on, on board with you. But of course, there will be some leagues that won't allow that, you know. Um, so my question for you, Will, now is how is you how are you as a fantasy owner addressing this situation with, you know, a game that may or may not happen, you know, with some big name, a lot of fantasy football implications happening with this with this matchup, you know. Uh, how are you taking this as a fantasy player, not as a commissioner? Yeah, so I, I think it obviously totally depends on your roster. Um, that said, I think you need to look at your options. Um, I'm going to treat this the same way I would with a Monday night player who is listed as questionable. Um, where you're not going to have an option to sub someone in. Uh, if you've got someone in the Monday night game this week, you know you can definitely hold out and use that player as a substitution. Um, otherwise, I, I would probably, if I'm not giving up too much of expected fantasy points, probably just play it safe, uh, go with whoever is actually playing on Sunday, and just sit my Steelers and Titans for the most part. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm going to address this as well. Just treat it as a bye week for these guys, or like you said, a Monday night game. Take the guaranteed points in case the NFL comes out and you know the Titans get a few more cases uh, throughout the weekend or maybe Monday or something like that, that they have to postpone this game indefinitely. So uh, just treat it that way. Play the safe hand. I know you you have a you know a first-round investment here in Derrick Henry. Uh, if you are to have him, James Conner was an early-round pick, you know, A.J. Brown and... And, uh, you know, that slew of uh, Pittsburgh receivers, you know, you want to play those guys. But at this point, you have to go with a guaranteed pick. And this is something we talked about. You know, the Fro and I highlighted the COVID situation in a the, in the fantasy draft guide that we produced earlier this season. It's a different time. It's a different world we're operating in here in 2020. So you got to take these things uh, as they, you know, got to roll with the punches, as you would say. So uh, make sure you're uh, doing that, paying due diligence, and make sure you uh, get those Tennessee and Pittsburgh uh, players out of your lineup and, uh, We'll move forward like that. That's simple enough. Just ignore you know, them as they're not going to exist unless like uh, your commissioners like Will and I, where they're allowing you uh, a backup option. Yeah. Also, one more note there. Yep. Uh, if you are holding out hope and waiting until Monday night, if you've got a Monday backup, make sure you get those guys into your flex so that you have more options. Don't keep them sitting in either a wide receiver or a running back spot where you're limited on who you can actually play there. All right, that's a good that's a good uh, suggestion there as well. Moving forward, we have some names to talk about here. Uh, you know, this is more of a news type of uh, you know podcast opposed to the rest of the ones across the uh, network we have. So we're going to highlight a few of the big performers of the season thus far and talk about the le- legitimacy. So first off, we have Calvin Ridley. All right, this is a a hot topic. He is off to a fantastic start. You know, Julio Jones has not been healthy yet. And this uh, this Atlanta Falcons offense does not know how to play in the second half. 
Um, so my question here is Calvin Ridley now a wide receiver one at fantasy football? Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I would go so far as to say, especially in dynasty, which is kind of my specialty these days. Um, I, I'm kind of looking at him as, is he potentially in the discussion as the wide receiver one? Because I mean, I'm looking at it and you got Michael Thomas obviously banged up this year. Uh, 27, you've got Devontae Adams, again, banged up, hamstring, also 27. Ridley's only 25. He's the only receiver this year that has put up 100 yards in each of the first three games. Uh, he is destroying man coverage. He's destroying zone coverage. Uh, he's got built-in rapport with Matt Ryan, who, I mean, you've still got a few years left with Matt Ryan. So, I mean, it is wheels up on Calvin Ridley. Um, and as long as Julio Jones is there, defenses are not going to be able to key on him, even if he is the one that is producing more than Julio. Yeah, last week was his uh, worst performance of the season, if you want to call it that, against the Bears. Five receptions, 110 yards, no touchdowns. So, uh, you know, he's had two touchdowns in each of the previous two games. But this guy is the real deal. He's been overshadowed because of the likes of Julio Jones, who is, you know, a fantastic uh, amazing wide receiver on the opposite side. So he's been overshadowed. And of course, Matt Ryan and Julio have that connection. But additionally, he's averaging 16.6 yards per reception right now. Fantastic numbers there. Like I said, he's already got 349 yards in the season, four touchdowns. This guy's off to a blazing start. And as as bad as this Falcons defense is, this, this Falcons team's going to be playing from behind. Um, they're not doing it in the second half. They're going to get going there. So they're doing this with, with limited offensive, you know, ability here in the second half where they're blowing major leads, uh, not putting points on the board. And he's still putting numbers like this. So as the season progresses and this team uh, develops a bit further, Calvin Ridley could even get better, which is scary to think. So if you were someone who invested in him, I don't know. He was probably going for like in the fourth or fifth round of, of drafts. Yep. Pretty this standard. Is, yep. This is where you win your league. You know, take the guy there fourth or fifth. It's a guy that uh, you know the fro and I both highlighted prior to the season. So when you wanted to get into your lineups, and here you are sitting pretty, pretty good with him, you know, sitting there for you. So uh, you know, what's what's swift switch gears? I apologize there. Switch gears and go not only to running back but a rookie, one of the uh, more piped about players, I guess you'd say, heading into the season, and that's Antonio Gibson of the Washington Football Team. So. He he hasn't uh, posted crazy numbers. He's been uh, quality. I think last week he got his first touchdown of the season, uh, of his career actually. There with a uh, with a uh, Washington. He you know like uh, like part of the season we thought uh, we thought that Bryce Love would be involved. He's non-existent. I apologize. He has two touchdowns already this season. Um, you know, pretty competent in the passing game. We knew he'd be involved. We know Washington likes this guy. Um, Will, this is another dynasty, I guess, asset here. You know, like I said, uh, Will is our We Don't Fantasy dynasty expert, as you will. As you will. Um, I guess, I guess, where does he stand a- as a value in fantasy football? Is he, is he yeah. cur- currently an RB three, RB two? Does he have RB one potential? Yeah, I think he he's right in that mix. Um, I think you had week one, he came out and. I mean, it was really it was a reality check for the folks that had bought in right away. Um, I will say I was by the end of draft season, I was seeing him go uh, end of the first round of 
of uh, rookie drafts this year. Um, so he's someone that guys were pretty much counting on after AP got released. And I think week one was disappointing to see as Peyton Barber ended up taking both of the touchdowns. Uh, but then you turn around in week two, and all of a sudden his snap share is way up. I think Peyton Barber had one carry, one touch in all of week two. So he, he's definitely someone who is into RB2 range for me. Um, and being a rookie, I think he's got a really, really good future ahead of him. Um, I mean, this team is obviously not a great team this year. So we're, we're looking for the team to get better. And, I mean, hopefully the offense improves once they uh, can draft a few more pieces. And all of a sudden you're looking at, yes, he absolutely has RB1 potential. Um, I think he's one of those guys that doesn't necessarily need to get, you know, 75, 80% of running back snaps for his team um, because he's got that scat back skill set. Um, so he, he's not going to be an Ezekiel Elliott type. He's going to be more of kind of what you're seeing from uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire with kind of comparing and maybe uh, Austin Eckler would be a good comp where he's going to get his touches, but it might not be all carries. He's going to get a bunch of receptions and a bunch of carries each week. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. This offense needs to improve. This team needs to improve. Dwayne Haskins, I think, has proven to not be the answer there uh, and what Washington needs. Uh, so far this season, Gibson has seen uh, seven targets and has caught uh, six of those. And that's only for like 16 yards, something like that. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, you know, into the season was a running back slash receiver out of Kentucky there. Uh can do it all, you know. Uh, he's a fantastic catching the ball. It's just Dwayne Haskins is limited in his skill set and what he can do and get the ball out of his hands and get you know down check down there uh, to his running back. So as this as his career progresses, so with the Washington Football Team, you know they're one and two right now. Uh, they could be in you know talks to get one of the top you know three quarterbacks in this in this draft. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I was all over this guy myself. I love his ability. I love his route running. Uh, it's just this offense isn't quite there yet. But if you have him on your team, he is a RB2 for, I would say. The usage is there. He's had 11, uh, 11 14, and 12 touches. That's between rushing and receiving uh, opportunities through his first three games. His first three games in the league. And he played, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Arizona, Cleveland. And, uh, you know, game script wasn't really there for most of those games. Washington game was a little bit different, you know. They actually came from behind, but you know, get uh, Cleveland and Arizona both got to early lead. So using using the legs of a running back, you know, kind of scripted them out there. So next next stop here is a uh, fantastic one. We have uh, Pittman Pittman versus Claypool. You know, Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts, who now is he injured? He is. Uh, yeah, I just that's what I thought. Uh, was it compartmental syndrome, I think, in his leg? So, he had uh, surgery on a calf or something? Yeah, multi-week injury from what I've seen, um, but it, it's not something that I think anyone is worried about long-term, so it's just going to kind of pause his value for this year. Um, definitely droppable in redraft, but uh, in Dynasty, he's definitely something, someone to keep in mind, um, and also for the stretch run uh, in redraft this year. Just keep an eye on how long he sits out there on your waiver wire. Yeah, and... We'll compare him to, or I guess put him against, the likes of Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we have two rookies here. Two, you know, these guys were, depending what your draft was, 
a early second round, mid second round possible in your rookie draft there. Um, you know, Pittman obviously went earlier in Claypool in most drafts uh, is what I saw. Yep. But, you know, at this point we have, you know, both players have aging quarterbacks. We're not sure what their future holds in terms of that. The Colts, you know, Pittman has Philip Rivers who's on a two-year deal there. And then uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, we have, of course, Big Ben, who's threatened retirement every season for the last 13 seasons. <laughs> so we're unsure of the of the of what's happening there. But let's put them in a vacuum here. Take out all the other things. Uh, Will, who is the better uh, better NFL wide receiver of the two? Yeah, I, I'm thinking back to my rookie drafts this year, and and like you said, it was definitely Pittman going ahead of Claypool, um, kind of in that range of. You know, you had T. Higgins and Denzel Mims in there as well. Uh, maybe LaVisca Chenault uh, in that range. And honestly, I mean, you, you look at who was actually being taken there. Claypool was at the end of this group. Um, but really, it's, it's a situation where if you look at the measurables, I mean, he's bigger than most of these guys, tested out more athletically than these guys. Uh, and really, I mean, you're all you were making the same bet on all of them where it was they were coming into situations where they didn't have immediate playing time necessarily. And, and Pittman has kind of worked his way into the rotation. Claypool is still um, a little bit buried behind Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster. Um, but if you're looking at future value, you know, you've got T.Y. who's going to be moving on from the Colts and Juju is a free agent for the Steelers. I think they're in really similar situations. Um, give me Claypool. In this, I, I think you've seen him make some splash plays already in limited snaps. Um, he is just an efficiency monster right now. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what he can do if he ever gets, uh, you know, one of those main wide receiver one, wide receiver two roles for the Steelers this year. Uh, you know, hopefully not due to injury, but, uh, you know, maybe they end up trading someone a little bit early. Uh, and I think he's got a ton of potential, especially with his size and speed combination. Or we just see, uh, you know, a, a you know, double-digit target game out of him uh, as a game script unfolds for him in a game. We'd love to see that. Yep, but was it week one on Monday Night Football? He had that fantastic sideline toe-tapping to catch. Um, you know, he already broke out an 80-plus-yard touchdown. Yep. Um, he, he, Like I said, he's a big play waiting to happen. Last week he had four targets, just one reception there against Houston. But, you know, Pittman was a guy that I was high on, sure hands, uh you know, NFL bloodline, great, great player uh, out there in USC. Um, you know, falls to the Colts, I believe, second round when they grab the guy. Uh, but Claypool has so, like a wow factor. Like you said, his measurables are there. Six foot four, 238, leaps out of the off the field. Um, Pittman's a little bit smaller of a guy. Still six foot four, but has a smaller frame to him. Uh, a little bit quicker, I'd say Pittman is. But I just like, I like, uh, I just like Claypool's situation better. I trust the Pittsburgh organization to continue to put a competitive roster out. As you saw last year, they were flirting the playoffs with, you know, their fourth string, you know, quarterback technically on the team. Um, on top of that, you know, the Colts, you know, they've been lucky going from Paint Man to Andrew Luck. And then last year, of course, with the surprise retirement and putting them in limbo there, but then they go and get Philip Rivers. So, we really don't know what this Colts team can do or this front office can do in putting the team together because we haven't seen it in 25 you know, years um, or more. So I think the situation here, I'm agreeing with you. Chase Claypool is a guy I would prefer to have. And, you know, depending where you picked in your rookie draft, he could have been, you know, the better value of the picks even. 
Okay, another rookie here that was, you know, probably undrafted in most rookie drafts. James Robinson is killing it thus far this season. You know, he's, uh, I think he's a top five right now fantasy running back. Um, Has gone absolutely nuts, came out of nowhere. We knew that he was on that roster after, you know, Fournette was cut. And they said that, you know, having James Robinson on their roster made it a little bit easier to cut. You know, the former Pro Bowler there. 43 rushes thus far, 210 yards, three touchdowns. And 51.9 fantasy points thus far. Um, doing it in the passing game as well. You know, he has 11 targets, 10 receptions. Had 83 receiving yards last week, opposed when he had only 46 rushing yards. So he's also involved when they're behind in games. As we saw them against Miami here and playing from behind. He had six uh, targets and receptions, 83 yards. They want to get him involved in the ball in his hand as as, as often as possible and we know that Gardner Minshew struggles here or there and you know there's no there's no you know sure thing that he'll be the Jaguars uh quarterback of the future um as we predicted this is roster to be one of the worst in the leagues but they've gone out beat the Colts ran competitive with the te- uh, Titans and then you know really uh really crapped the bed I guess you could say on Thursday Night Football there against Miami but you know they they struggle at times where they need to rely on someone like Robinson and he seems to be getting it done and again, I don't think I maybe a draft or two of my rookie drafts. I saw him drafted maybe a fourth round, you know, flyer of someone who actually knew about him. So if you want to come at me and say you knew that this guy would break out, you probably are lying to me unless you're, you know, Mike of We Know Fantasy who wrote an article prior uh, after right after the Atlanta for that cutting that James Harrison could be the guy. He didn't think it'd be this soon. But he thought later the season, James Robinson could be the guy, and he is really the guy. So, uh, Will, do you see his production, you know, holding up? Do you think he's an actual, you know, future fantasy football star? Uh, so I will admit to missing on this guy. Um, I will say, I, I mean, he was definitely on my radar kind of in that, that fourth and fifth round of rookie drafts. Um, he was someone who... Um, I wanted to get late because, I mean, when you get that late, you're, you're kind of just taking shots at that point. Um, and, you know, running backs are as good a shot as any because you see injuries every year at that position. So, you know, there's always the chance you're going to get the odd start or two out of them. Uh, and he has just blown expectations out of the water. Uh, I was honestly a lot higher on his teammate, LaVisca Chenault. Um, I kind of thought with as his size, he might end up getting some of that goal line work. Um but James Robinson has been converting there. So I I just don't see a situation where they take that role away from him. And I'm just thinking back to last year when Leonard Fournette caught, I mean, what was it like 70 balls? Yeah. A large amount of balls. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it it was uh, lots of just check downs where he wasn't running a lot of routes, but if they're willing to do that with Leonard Fournette, who, you know, isn't going to add anything in the passing game. I mean, James Robinson is not a downgrade there. So uh, he's definitely exciting from a dynasty perspective because if, if you look at it from a GM perspective, um, I mean, you've got this guy, he was an undrafted free agent. Um, so you've got him on such a light deal. You're not paying him much of anything. Uh, and you've got him for four years on this deal. Like, why wouldn't you just ride him? He's, he's free. He's found money. Yeah, like you said, even fantasy football, this is uh this is a guy where you put zero cap draft capital into him. Either you sign him after the, the draft or you swung and hit a home run here in your fourth or fifth round. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, something that, you know, that makes Dynasty so exciting. 
you know, by the off chance you did draft James Robinson, you're probably gloating in your in your uh, you know your your group chat there saying that you're a, a fantasy football wizard or whatnot. It was just more of luck out of that point. I don't think uh, anyone could really see this going uh, this way. But moving forward, I guess beyond this season, we know this season he's gonna be competent. It just uh, I guess depends on the structure of uh, of the Jaguars moving forward. But like you said, you know you're paying a guy who already has shown up and done it against some good defenses. Honestly, um, the Titans and the Colts have fantastic defenses, and he's put out against those that you know you don't have to invest heavy in the running back position, which is you know what. Uh, like I said, general managers like to do. Um, so I think he holds value. I can't say he's going to have another season like he is right now moving forward. Say they get a new quarterback and, you know, they already have uh, LaVisca, who they invest a second-round pick in, and DJ Sharks, a fantastic option. Um, they have weapons. It's just a matter of getting the ball to them. And, you know, Gardner Minshew, as much as I love his story and what he brings to the Jaguars and the attention he brings down there is something much needed for that franchise, I just don't see him as an NFL starter. I think he's more of a placeholder. Uh, until someone else can really step into that role. Um, I could be proven wrong, as I, as he's shown two games, but last game was atrocious by him. Uh, but, yeah, I think James Robinson is a fantastic dynasty own, and uh, if you did draft him, uh, kudos to you. So one more, one more guy that's not on our list here that I want to talk about, uh, Joshua Kelly. So this is another thing not many people saw coming. I know Joshua Kelly is more of a, a known a known factor than uh, a James Robinson coming out of college, UCLA produced there. But he wasn't, you know, uh, a nation leading running back. He wasn't, you know, one of the big name guys. But he's producing more than you know your likes of uh, DK uh, DK or what am I saying here? DK Dobbins. That's not his name. J- JK. Uh, Dobbins. Jockey. JK Dobbins. Uh, Swift. Who those two are, you know, in different situations, Swift's off to a, a sticky star, and you know Dobbins is splitting the backfield with Mark Ingram, and then you know Jonathan Taylor's put up numbers, but Joshua Kelly is hanging in there, playing second fiddle here to Austin Eckler. Um, what what is what are your thoughts here on uh, on the likes of Kelly? I know you know the yards aren't crazy, but you know the touchdown usage is there. Seeing some some work in the passing game, not, not a crazy amount. But, you know, this Chargers team is shifting now that Justin Herbert is the quarterback where Joshua Kelly may not be, you know, that guy anymore. But uh, how do you how do you value Kelly there, Will? Yeah, I actually really liked Kelly uh, this year in drafts. I thought he was, as you kind of heard during training camp, uh, there were reports that he might be having the best training camp out of anyone on the roster, um, which is high praise for a team like the Chargers where you've got Keenan Allen, who's one of the premier root runners in the NFL. You've got, you know, Austin Eckler, who is super efficient in both the run game and the pass game. Um, so to have him stand out like that was always a promising sign. Um, I will admit, I, I'm certainly surprised at the amount of usage he's gotten. Uh, I think he was tied with Eckler in uh, the number of touches through the first few weeks. Um, so, I mean, that that's always a promising sign when guys are getting the usage from and the head coaches are trusting them from day one. Uh, I mean, I really, I think you can kind of look at him as a little bit lesser version of Melvin Gordon um, from, I mean, I, I think that's basically what they're trying to do is go back to that one-two punch uh, where you've got Eckler, who's going to be a little bit more dynamic, maybe hit a few more big plays. Uh, and then when you, you need to get the tough yards, Kelly's going to be that guy. And so he's going to be getting consistent usage the rest of the way. Um, and again, he's on a rookie deal. So, you know, you've got two, three more years of this where... 
I mean, if this is his usage floor, uh, he is definitely still a good buy in in dynasty, and he's someone you can kind of think of as a flex play in reject in redraft leagues. Yeah, definitely. And we're seeing a lot more of this in the NFL on teams where they're going for a one-two punch with you know your your typical grinded out type of you know between the tackles route runner, then you get your pass catcher or your you know toss type of you know type of player there. So that's exactly what's going on here in Los Angeles, and I, I like it moving forward. But before we close out the show, guys, the Fro and I usually do our weekly pickums. Uh, last week we both finished eight and eight. It was a weird, weird week across the NFL and some weird, uh, you know, results happening. Uh, so that leaves me at twenty nine and nineteen in the season, and thirty two and sixteen for the Fro. So he still got me by three games. So uh, this week we're gonna allow Will to get in the mix here, and uh, we'll we'll uh, see how he can do. So Will, we're gonna go down here and we'll take turns leading off, but. Uh, I know you're excited about this Broncos Jets game. So who do you have winning that one? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is the one that the Jets get. Um, I mean, this is not a good team. This is by no means an endorsement of Adam Gase, but they they get a team on their third string QB, uh, just beat up all over the place. You know, star receivers out, star defensive end is out. Um, I mean, it, it's it's set up where. If this team still has pride, and I would think four weeks in, like you're only a, a one-point dog this week, this is your one shot. If you're going to get a win this year, this is it. Yeah, and uh, the Thursday night football is a thing is a place for weird things to happen, as we saw last week. Or just traditionally, playing on a short week is uh, not an NFL team's friend. So could be the Jets, but I'm gonna go Broncos and supporting my former Bronco there, Brett Rippon, as a Boise State fan to get the job done as their starting quarterback. So we have Saints, Lions. I'm going to go New Orleans. Do you, do you debate that? I do not. Don't think you can. All right. Chargers at Buccaneers. A good game here. Who are you taking? Yeah, I've got the Bucks here. Um, I think Tom Brady is going to be too much. Same here. Same here. So we have the Jaguars at Bengals. I think the Bengals get the first win of the season here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Minshew Mania. I think uh, after that performance, I, I don't think he's going to put up two duds in a row. Playing for his job, I think he'll put a good one together here. Yeah, it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see Joe Burrow, the first overall, one of the greatest college performances seasons of all time, going against you know the sixth round pick Minshew and see who comes out on top. Minnesota at Houston, I think Houston needs a get right game here. I'm taking them. Yeah, this one's tough. I think it's going to be pretty high st- high scoring, um, but I, I think uh, Minnesota is actually going to get this one. I think uh, they're going to ride Dalvin Cook. Um, they, they really want to get that run game going, so I, I think this is their shot to do it. All right, Seattle at Miami. I don't think this is debate here. No. Nope. <laughs> Let Russ cook, man. All right. And then the Steelers-Titans game may or may not happen, but if it does happen, who do you got? Uh, it's got to be the Steelers. Yeah, they're too good of a team. Complete one of the best, Probably one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Uh, Cleveland at Cowboys. I'm going to take Dallas here. I, I, I'm going to go Cleveland. I think they're uh, ripe for the upset. Um, you know, you saw Dallas come off a, a disappointing loss last week, uh, coming up just shy against Seattle. Uh, and I, I think they might have that emotional letdown where they can't quite get up for this game against Cleveland. All right. Arizona at Panthers. Who you got? Uh, this one, I got to go Arizona. Um, yeah, Panthers got here. their win last week. Yeah, we're not going to see many of those this season. Uh, Colts at the Bears. This is a this is a somewhat difficult one, but I think Indy's defense gets this one done. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the surprise again. I, I got to go with the Bears. I think they're going to stick with Nick Foles um, and show that uh, they probably should have made this decision to start the year. I don't know how they managed to stay undefeated while playing Trubisky, but they did. So I'm going to let that roll. All right. Ravens at the football team. Pretty easy here. Yep. <laughs> All right. Don't even have to say the name. Giants at Rams. I'm going to go Los Angeles Rams here. Yeah. Uh, Disappointing loss Giants. last week. Using Saquon. Uh, it's it's an ugly situation. All right. Here is a uh, one to watch. Uh, new uh, Patriots at Chiefs. Who do you have here? Uh, this one, I've got the Chiefs. They, I mean, you saw what they could do on Monday night. It, it's it's theirs to, to lose this year. Yeah, I don't think you can pick against them any week. Uh, talk, talk about another great team here, Buffalo at uh, Las Vegas. I'm going Buffalo. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, Las Vegas has played well, but I, I'm definitely back in the Bills here. All right, Sunday night football, the return of George Kittle, 49ers versus Eagles. Uh, 49ers from me. Yeah. Too simple, and uh, I can't go against George Kittle and my hometown Hawkeyes. Yeah, and this is, uh, if you're a fan of the show, you know the Fro is a diehard Eagles fan. I'm a diehard Niners fan, so next week when he returns, one of us uh, will be doing some bragging. That is for sure. We may even see Jimmy G and Debo Samuel back this week as well. So, Monday Night Football, Falcons at Packers. Uh, I'll let you pick this one first. Yeah, th- this one's Green Bay for me. Uh, this is they've they've shown to be one of the best in the NFC. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how far they can go this year. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has something lit underneath him. He is uh, on a mission this year, and I'm taking Green Bay as well. But that's it, guys. That, that's our show for the week. Uh, as always, my name is Nate with We Know Fancy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Will one more time. Where can people yep. find you? It's uh, on Twitter at William U. Ryan. All right, guys. Remember, Will is uh, one of our top Dynasty guys, so check out uh, check out his page for more Dynasty content. And, uh, you know, he's always helping out with uh, questions, so if you have any questions, you can direct him towards him as well. If uh, our page gets too swamped to the main page, he is always there to help you out Sunday morning. So until next time, guys, we'll see you.